Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with Privacy Mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is! Drawing board or... Miro! Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good winning walkthrough Wednesday morning, Eagle fans. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with a hang with you on Birds 365. The midweek kind of start to turn the corner and look ahead to the next opponent. So we got ready to rock and roll for you over the next two hours. Appreciate you streaming on in. Um, we'll be here for count two hours, uh, making the most of it, giving you some Eagles insight and info. Quick uh, shout out to the one of the guys on the stream. And again, uh, we, we don't reference the stream often, except if you guys blatantly misstate facts about whether John and I said something. Uh, but the Forest Shields uh, signed in like minutes before the show. Uh, usually John and I don't even get it. He was already had a stream point up before either you or I jumped in, Johnny Mac. 
uh, he wanted to let us know that he's already left for Arizona and he'll be <laughs> staying there through February 12th this year because he has complete and utter faith that that's where the Eagles are headed and going to be victorious when he gets on the plane and comes back east to Far Shield. Don't recognize the name. We got a lot of good regular streamers who are on here every single day, and we appreciate them. Uh, but thanks for getting on early, DeForest. You and I on early, but that's not a problem, John. Do it every single day. And I realized I haven't asked you yet this week. How you feeling? You were fighting a pretty good cold last week. Uh, even gave you a hard time about it. Uh, you uh, closer to a hundred percent? Yeah, I'm closer. I I'm I'm still struggling with the cough. So whatever's going around, it's this constant cough, and that's really. Why, yeah, Bob Bob Groach was doing the shtick with the mask on uh, on Monday. You know, because there's so much coughing in the press box. It's not just me. There's something going on. Uh, something going around. The flu went away for a couple of years because nobody was worried about it with right. COVID, but uh, now it's back. It's back and it's uh, ping-ponging back and forth between people. And um, I'll readily admit I'm just a stone-cold idiot, always have been, always will be. Um, I'm vaccinated. I've uh, taken the proper steps for COVID. I never got a flu shot, never once in my life, and I didn't get one again this year. I just uh, I, I saw the reasons why you should be vaccinated <laughs> But I've never been. A, I don't catch. I just haven't had the flu. Yeah, I, I typically I haven't had uh, the flu in years. I don't even. Um, they told me I had the flu. I didn't feel like I had the flu. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have fevers or chills or anything of that nature. It was more uh, just a cough. And, just a cough. Huh? Uh, you know, bad headache for a couple of days. That's pretty much it. Uh, but you know. It, it, in the post-COVID world, I'm more concerned about other people than, you know, typically you just work through this kind of stuff. Right. And But now, and you know, people look at you and it's, I always joke, it's like Donald Sutherland at the, uh, at the end of Invasion of Body Snatchers and they point at you and, ah, <laughs> you know, if you're sick. So you feel weird going anywhere when you're sick. At least I do. No, I appreciate you're not giving it to me. Thank you very much. Not yeah. sure that. Yeah. Well, the studio, you're right next to me in the studio. Uh, so. yeah. uh, I don't know how many miles we are apart, but uh, not thank many, you for but... not giving it to yeah. me. All right. Uh, how happy a Tuesday was it in Eagleville yesterday, Johnny Mac? Too happy, man. Too happy of a Tuesday. There's nothing to complain about with this team. There's nothing to complain about with this team. This is the best. Oh, team give, give me a chance. I'll give it well, to you if you want I, it. I know I do it all the time, but we acknowledge it's nitpicking uh, for the most part. I mean, look, this is boring to me. I, I say it all the time. It's boring. This team is too good. It's boring. All right. You want a legit boring. nitpick? I'll start right away. Robert Quinn to the IR. Yeah, that's nitpicking, Five games played. He's got a grand total of two tackles in 70 uh, snaps played so far in Eagle Green. He has given them nada, zero, zip, <laughs> zilch. And the Eagles did give up, give up a fourth-round pick to get him, which we all understand the value of a fourth-round pick. It's not a first-round pick, but it's not a seventh-round pick. It's right there, snack, uh, right in the middle. And for what they've gotten out of Robert Quinn, they're guaranteed to get nothing out of him for the next four games. It looks like a pretty bad trade. Now, again, big picture, Howie Roseman, job he's done, maybe the executive of the year. Are we nitpicking over this bad deal? Probably. 
But it's a bad deal, John. Two two tackles. Yeah, I, I thought it was a deal that wasn't. Even even when they made it, I thought I thought it was unnecessary. Um, now you know they took a swing. You're a baseball guy. I, I'm pretty sure nobody's hit a thousand. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's not a good trade. Uh, they they made a mistake. They probably you know fell into that trap. You 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 heard the narrative about the bad season in Chicago and you seeing all the double teams, which were true. I mean, he did see a ton of double teams in Chicago because they don't have anybody else. Um, and you, and you said you kind of talk yourself into, well, this guy had 18 and a half sacks last year. The drop off couldn't be that drastic. Well, it seems to be that drastic. Sometimes it just happens. And yeah, he wasn't given a much in limited snaps uh, in the first couple games. He was healthy. And then you start talking about the injury popping up on a Friday and, you know, on the week you need a roster spot for Jordan Davis, and they ended up going a different direction, uh, maybe to throw the dogs off the scent. Who knows? Because they need a spot for Abonte Maddox this week. Um, if they start, and I assume they're going to start his 21-day practice window uh, at the Bear. You, you mean he's going to be part of the walkthrough today? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm very comfortable saying they're going to test them big time, huh? They're going to start the window. Um, yeah, it's more, you know, procedural. You have to do it. So, um, but, you know, the good news is they have the open roster spot because of the manipulation they did yesterday. And um, there's the spot for Avante Maddox. If he's ready to go on, on Sunday, he's the next one back. So it was Jordan Davis. Um, this week it was Avante. Uh, last week it was Avante Maddox. This week, uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, De- uh, December eighteenth, and Chicago is eligible. Uh, and then you know the the talk is this is not a season-ending injury for Robert Quinn, but you know he could be back for the final regular season game in a playoff push. Yeah, let's let's rush him back. You you need his. Half yeah. a tackle a game. But, I mean, this is the definition of nitpicking. You don't get everything right. The Eagles are close to got Howie Roseman. I'm talking about it is you know pretty good batting average. Yeah, but he got this he, one wrong. He does, but again, I'm going to nitpick the snot out of this. I guess um, to use your continued baseball analogy, in season trades last however many years you want to go back. Howie swung and missed at a couple of times in mid-season trades where you're giving up draft picks for a guy where you're not even guaranteed to get uh, uh you're only guaranteed to get a partial uh part of the season um denard avery this one jay ajayi was certainly a ribby single up the middle that scored an important run but uh in-season trades by howie roseman has not been his strong suit everything else has and that kind of outweighs the in-season trades but and just taking in that little narrow focus, that's not what how he's done best. Yeah, I know. I I, I mean, a bur- I, I think the Jay Ajayi trade, everybody points to that as a good one. I think, you know, it was fine. It, it worked, but I think that was overblown. I think the success of that one was overblown. Let, let's put it that way. And I think the 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 claim that Gennard Avery, I mean, that wasn't a bad trade. I mean, he was here for years and he was a young player on a contract, a cost-effective contract. 
No, it's not a great trade, but he's like a fourth round pick. All right. They gave up a fourth round pick. It's like having a mediocre fourth round pick for a number of years and then you move on. So I think the 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 narrative that that was a terrible trade, I think that that's that's not the problem with Robert Quinn is, you know, this is the the traditional we'll stick with baseball. This is the traditional rent a player trade. They didn't, he doesn't have, he's not on his rookie deal like Gennard Avery. He's got a couple years to play for you. This is it. He was brought in for this run to make a, a, a contribution to step into the, the role they envisioned for, for Derek Barnett as the fourth defensive end. Um, and it didn't work. And, and, and you know, I'm, you give up a fourth round pick. And you could see the history of the fourth-round picks on this team. There's some contributors. There's some guys who haven't done much. There's a chance you get a contributor in the fourth round. But it's not a catastrophe. Was it worth taking a swing? No. Sure. I think so. No. I think it was worth taking a swing. The, the results are in, John. Unless he comes back for the end of the season and makes a huge play in either week, week. well, I think the last week, just again, my opinion, is going to be the JV. So he might get some time because that's where he belongs on the JV with what he's done since he put on an Eagle uniform. Unless he makes a play, gets a big sack in a playoff game, it's absolutely an L. It's a well, it's L. an L, but I think it was worth the swing. That's what I said. You know, your Hall of Famer will stick with baseball. If you if you hit 300, three, so you fail seven times. I but that doesn't mean you sit up there and you take strike three. You take the swing. I I think it was a worthwhile swing. I think you had a, you missed it. Maybe you fouled it back. Maybe you you, you 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 had a chance to do something with it. You got the evaluation wrong. You bought into the fact that the double teams, as I said. You know, but I'm, I, you know, I don't typically look at a guy saying, oh, he's going to have 18 and a half sacks one year and he's going to be a disaster the next. It's hard to find that, that comp where somebody falls off the table to that degree in one calendar year. But that's what's happened. You know, uh, 121 of 122. That's how many uh, defensive ends, edge rushers, edge defenders, uh, PFF grades. He's 121 of 122. The great Alex Wright in Cleveland is the only player worse. And um, most of that is with Chicago. But, you know, he played in Chicago like he was playing here, and there's no need, and they activated Janarius Robinson, who doesn't play. Um, Yeah, it didn't work but I think it was worth the swing. Right. Yeah, you and I have a different definition of worth the swing. You're going back to when he took the swing, the result is in. It's a swing and a miss. So it wasn't worth taking the swing because the result is pretty much etched in stone now. But that's so. what I'm saying. That's my baseball analogy. You're a baseball guy. If it's if there's runners on and two outs and you're up, would you rather keep the bat on your shoulder or at least take the swing? Now, if you strike out, you strike out. It's not a success. I'm not arguing with you. It's not a success. But the swing is worth it. I'd rather swing. I'd rather try than sit there with a bat on my shoulder. That's my only point. If that swing is a 3-2 pitch and it's six inches off the plate and you swing through it, the swing was not a good idea. You take ball four and go to first base. Pretty damn easy. Uh, So, again, not a massive thing. 
with Robert Quinn sucking as badly as he has, the Eagles are 11 and one. So again, keep it in the perspective of what it is. It was a swing and a miss by Howie Roseman, but uh, do you think the uh, kid they're bringing up from the practice squad or activating off the IR, I should say, will actually get time? Do you think he'll be no. out? You mentioned uh, they needed a roster before. spot. No, he didn't get time before, and they aren't, they're only deeper um, since because they added uh, uh, Linball Joseph and Dominic and Sue. Now, they play different positions, but because – they have so many bodies now, and this was the problem with Robert Quinn last week, and I brought it up early in the show. I said what they should do is act is keep Milton Williams active and let him play more defensive end, even though that's not his natural position, um, and get the better player on the field uh, and deactivate and not dress Robert Quinn. Turns out they put him on injured reserve. They did uh, play Milton Williams. That's how I – think they'll move forward um you'd prefer a more natural edge rusher i don't think janarius robinson is ready to play uh at a high level you know but they want to keep him i'll I'll tell you if you look at him he looks like an edge rusher it's ironic because i said the same thing when the eagles drafted josh sweat and they both came from florida state they're both fourth round picks uh, they both look like they were created in a lab. If you were doing Hollywood, doing a football movie, and said, hey, go get me an edge rusher, you'd pick those guys. They just look like edge rushers. So I think they, they value his potential down the road, but I don't think he's he's ready to, to contribute right now. Don't think they'll be putting him in there. All right. Um, yes, coming up this week. Oh, but let me ask you about the practice squad first. We got uh... – uh, Zach Berman from the Athletic joining us just a couple minutes. I understand practice squad is the fringe of the roster. It's kind of a safety net more than anything else. They made three releases yesterday, so that means they've got openings in the practice squad. Any uh, line of reasoning behind what they did <laughs> when they did it last week? You correctly identified the wide receiver they brought in for a workout and then signed to the practice squad and then released yesterday. Uh, you got any uh, good uh, juicy rumors as to why they're doing? Yeah, the I, you know, practice? it's interesting. I, you know, we're going to have Zach on. I want to ask him that question. Actually, it is kind of weird they're doing so much um, uh, churning on the practice squad this late in the season. They brought Anthony Rush back for a week. He's gone again. Uh, Kwan Baker, the the receiver, they tried out. They didn't try out anybody this week. Um, um, that I saw on the wire. So uh, there's no natural. Now, Andre Sachere, if he clears waivers, um, will be brought back to the practice squad. Um, so you'll have to see if he clears waivers. But it is a little bit strange. There's so much churn. Now, they had Anthony Rush here years ago. I mean, they brought him back time and time again. I guess they were a little bit concerned about um, – Jordan Davis's ankle, uh, one in him around. He's a big inside interior player. Maybe they're comfortable and and went a different direction. Um, and who knows with these things? I mean, you know, Baker just got here. Maybe they don't like his attitude. I I, I, I shouldn't have said that because people will start. But it could be anything. It's like, you know, you get somebody in the building, you don't like it, you move on. You churn the back end. 
but it's a little bit it's a little bit strange the numbers I w- I will say this late in the season. Yeah, I was a little surprised by it yesterday, but again, uh, will it make a difference on Sunday against the Giants? Who is who is or isn't on the practice squad this week? No, don't think no. so. Hey, John McMahon, I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac Birds 365 duo. We're going to add a third voice to the mix. Coming up next, one of the best covers the Eagles on a day-in, day-out basis does it for the Athletic. Zach Berman's going to jump in with us here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Jody Mack with John McMullen. We are your Mac and Mac first 365 guys. Happy to be adding Zach Berman for the next 15, 20 minutes. Give us some Eagle insight. Zach, thanks for jumping in. You had the Eagles 11 and 1 after 12 games, right? <laughs> hey, good morning. I did not have them 11 and 1. Did not anticipate this type of start, but credit to them because they've earned it, right? They're not lucking in the wins. They are 
beating teams and, and beating them convincingly. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start there, Zach, because you, you have uh, sort of something going on tonight. So we'll, we'll talk about that, but you're going to have a, a sort of uh, holiday shopping, uh, gift giving Ray Ginger, you, Mike Sealski, going to be out in Bridgeport, uh, Pennsylvania tonight. Uh, your book, Underdogs, uh, we've talked about in the past. Um, you were with this team through the Super Bowl run. You're with the team now. I got to tell you, from my perspective, doesn't guarantee anything at 11 and one, but this team's better than the Super Bowl team. I feel comfortable saying that. I want to get your opinion on that. That's a good point, John. I agree. This team's more talented. I think that across the board, they're 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 just deeper. Uh, where I would say, along the lines of scrimmage, I would give the the, the in particular the offensive line. I would probably give the, excuse me, the uh, 2017 team the edge. I mean, you had Brandon Brooks playing at an all-pro level. You had Lane Johnson. Uh, he's he's playing at an all-pro level now, but he he was then as well. Younger. Question, yeah, questions at left tackle. Jason Kelsey was younger. But honestly, the the 2022 team, I just think is better. It's, it's, it's deeper. It's more explosive. Um, they have a better secondary. They have... Uh, you know, they have better weapons on offense. So, and with the way Jalen Hurts is playing, they're, I don't want to, I mean, Carson was outstanding in 2017. Yeah. And then Nick Foles had two weeks of his life, right? In the championship game in the Super Bowl. But what Jalen is doing this year is incredible. But the different, or I shouldn't say the difference, the, the variable is those, that 2017 team, played great in big games, right? In the NFC Championship game, in the Super Bowl, they were there. They were loose. They, they, the moment wasn't too big for them. And we simply don't know yet how this team's going to be in those moments. Zach, John, and I sat here after the commander's loss and the news that Dallas Goddard was going to IR for four weeks. They have the game in Indianapolis where they have to rally two late touchdowns just to sneak out a win. And we were wringing our hands about, oh, my God, how are they going to replace Dallas Goddard? They can't afford to lose. He's too big a piece of the offense. And then the next two weeks, they put up 75 points. So I guess they figured out a way how to somehow replace Dallard Goddard. Who should get the credit for that? Well, the, the the credit goes around. I mean, you have to look at Howie Roseman for putting this roster together. You have to look at Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen and Brian Johnson and Jeff Stoutland, the offensive coaching staff, and then, but most importantly, the players. Because what I think this offense does exceedingly well is it's the versatility and the ability to be to be matchup dependent. I've I've covered John's covered you guys and and you too, Jody. Have seen a lot of coaches who who they say this is the way we're going to play and it doesn't matter who the opponent is, right? What the Eagles do is they look at the opponent and they adjust what they do based on that opponent. That's how they can run for 360 plus yards last week and then throw for 380 yards this week. Uh, And I frame it that way because the offense is not built around one player. If it now, when Dallas Goddard goes down, if 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 AJ uh, Brown were to go down, especially if Jalen Hurts were to go down, things would fundamentally change, and things have changed without Goddard. 
but the offense is not dependent on Goddard the same way. It's not dependent really on anyone else except Jalen Hurts and perhaps Jason Kelsey. Yeah, I, I, I've always said, Zach, that to me uh, this team has morphed into not a run first team, not a pass first team, but a Jalen Hurts first team. Well said. Um, and uh, to me, when you talk about 363 on the ground against Green Bay, 380, and remember, they pulled the plug, they, yep. you know, mercy rule at 940 left in the game with Jalen Hurts at 380. You got to go back to 1987, the Raiders, who to find a team who's done that. It's kind of a historic versatility, uh, the ability to toggle back and forth, um, and and I think it's the quarter. I think it's everything. I think it's the quarterback. I think it's the offensive line. I think it's the coaching staff. But if I were to pin you down and 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 say what is the biggest part of it, uh, uh, or something else, if you want to throw it out there. The biggest part of that ability, what would you say that is? Well, the biggest part of the ability is is Jalen Hurts because the variable that he provides, the, the, the ability he provides in the running game, and then the way he's progressed as a passer this year, uh, it, it's built around him. The fact that they're able to do it or the, the willingness to do it, that goes to the coaching staff because – I, I can't emphasize the point I made previously enough. So many coaches say this is our yeah. offense, right? And you have to stop us, right? And it's almost like an offensive driver versus a defensive driver, okay? The the Eagles are the type of driver who's looking at everyone else on the road, and then they're going to know to adjust to what the other cars are doing. Um, and not every coach is like that. And, and, and this is a coaching staff on both sides of the ball, by the way, that will rebuild or – reconfigure their game plan each week, depending on the opponent. So Jalen Hurts is the reason why they're able to do it, but the reason that they do it is the coaching staff. Over the last month, Zach, the Eagles have had three pretty significant injuries, not season ending, but, and no, Robert Quinn is not one that I'm referring to here. John. <laughs> um, uh, first uh, Maddox goes down, then Goddard goes down. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson goes down. With Maddox, Josiah Scott stepped in, made some nice plays, made some bad plays. They'll be glad to get Maddox back this week. Goddard coming back next week. We all just agreed it's kind of a combination effort as to how they've been able to replace him. Chauncey Gardner, Reed Blankenship has stepped in and played pretty well. He made the one bad play against Christian Watson of the Packers. Bad angle off to the races, 60-yard touchdown. But other than that, I thought he's uh, actually opened up some people's eyes. When Gardner comes back, does Blankenship go back to his uh, special teams only role, or has he done enough in your eyes to merit <laughs> being part of uh, a mix? I know they don't usually rotate in the defensive backfield. Will they do that going forward? No, that would be Chauncey Gardner Johnson's spot, and and Blankenship has. I, I give him credit; he has done well in in you know the past two games here. Now the offenses they've they've seen. Uh, are not teams that have that have really tested the 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 deep middle of the field, and you saw the Packers do that a bit in the second half. Blankenship, I, I again, I, I don't. He's 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 done well, and I give him credit there. You saw where the Titans' production was coming in the passing game, and they didn't have a lot of production, but it was coming from the rookie tight end, right? And I would imagine that as as the Eagles go forward here without Gardner Johnson, 
I think teams are are going to challenge them in the middle of the field, in the middle and, and deep middle of the field, and try to see if the Eagles' safeties uh, can hang with them there. Sean C. Gardner Johnson is is he's so opportunistic on the ball as 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 we've seen, and he can cover. Um, and you know there are times when he's been out of position this year, and his playmaking ability has allowed him to compensate for it. Uh, but I do think that in these in these next two weeks, next three weeks, that's where defenses are going to try to, to attack the Eagles, and we'll see how Blankenship and Epps do in that spot. Uh, well, let's talk about that defense, Zach, because it has been impressive. Um, every measurable number, now yeah. number one against the pass, number two overall, um, the second best generating pressure, the best generating turnovers. I, I start with the two outside corners. They are having phenomenal years in the fact that if you and you know the worst passer rating for a starting quarterback in this league is is Davis Mills in Houston about seventy nine ish somewhere in that range. The worst completion percentage is Marcus Mariota. It's about sixty over sixty one percent. Bradbury's. Uh, allowing a 44 completion percentage slays at 50 their passer rating when targeted is down 25 and 35 points lower than davis mills if if you were to start same question on the offense if you were to start what is the key to the defense normally i look at the defensive line i'm a jim swartz guy it's the engine but i think it's these corners Zach. they've been unbelievable uh, that's a good way of putting it. The corners have been unbelievable, and certainly in in the in the passing game, um, that's that's been a difference, and it's allowed them. You asked a, a good question again, and yesterday it 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 allows the Eagles to play a certain way when you have two corners that you can trust on on the outside. And I mean, this is no disrespect to Steve Nelson, but the delta between Nelson last year and Bradbury this year is significant. Yeah. It's affected the way they play defense. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I think the corners are a big part of it. I, I still go to the front, right? And, uh, you know, because you need to get to the quarterback on known passing situations, as Jonathan as Jonathan Cannon calls it, on passing downs. And the Eagles are number two in the NFL in sacks this year, right? And I keep going back to what Jonathan Gannon said before the season where the two areas that they wanted to improve last year, uh, from last year, were takeaways and affecting the quarterback. Number one in the league in, in in takeaways. Number two in sacks. Um, it's not a coincidence, and it's it's you know it it hasn't happened in the way that Buddy Ryan defenses looked or Jim Johnson defenses looked, but it's been more effective than any defense here in a long time, and it's it's a credit to Gannon. It's a credit to these players. All right, Zach. Uh, the last two weeks. Two weeks ago against the Packers, uh, you check the rankings, ratings of the team before they come in. Uh, you should be able to run the ball against the Packers. They did it for 360 yards. This week, Tennessee's pretty good at stopping the run. Maybe we should try and pass it. They do so to the tune of 380 yards. The Giants' defense isn't great either way. There isn't a big <laughs> gap between their ability to stop the run or stop the pass because they're not really good against either one. Shane Steichen just gets to make it up as he goes along. Is there a specific direction the Eagles offense you think will go this week? Or do we just have to wait till Sunday and see which one flipping the coin Shane comes out with? 
Yeah, to me, it's 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 not focusing on the run or the pass. It's focusing on blitz beaters, right? What you, what you're trying to do is have an offense that has answers for the blitz. So whether that that is is your max protecting and you're going downfield, whether it's it's um it's having quick outlets for Jalen to get the ball out of Jalen's hands quickly, or or whether it's trying to get Jalen on the move so when that blitz comes, he could potentially take off. I, I don't have the answer for you. Shane Steichen has forgotten more offensive football than I know. Uh, but I I think that the focus this week, when they're in those meeting rooms, it's going to say we need to have an answer every time they blitz. There should not be a time when 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 we're taken aback by the blitz because they know going into the game, the Giants are yeah. coming after them. Yeah, Wink is going to blitz coming off the buses, Zach. Yep. Uh, the Eagles fans would love Wink Martindale, uh, even though they have – the, the number two defense and the number one passing defense and the number one turn of defense. They don't do it the right way. Who has been doing it the right way? And that's facetious, obviously. Only some in the fan base think that, but nonetheless, it's there. Um, Jalen Hurts, the, the most impressive thing about me and Jalen Hurts, and I want to run this by you, is his ability to take shot plays. And I asked Shane this yesterday. His ability to take shot plays but not turn the football over, that is rare. That's like Aaron Rodgers' territory, Zach. I didn't see this coming. You have 40-yard touchdown to A.J. Brown, 34 to uh, Devontae Smith. I think it was 29 also to A.J. These are shot plays in the NFL, and he doesn't turn it over. Usually you're being aggressive when you're taking those shot plays. Jalen Hurts has thrown three interceptions. What do you what do you attribute that to? I attribute it just to Jalen's progression, right? This is this is a credit to Jalen. I didn't see it coming either. I didn't see Jalen having this type of a, of effectiveness in the passing game. Uh, I think part of it is he's having is is his receivers AJ in particular are making plays on the ball, but Jalen is keeping the ball out of harm's way. And by the way, if you go back and you look at his college numbers. He wasn't a turnover-prone quarterback no. in college, right? Yeah. And I, I and if if you look at at Jalen last year and Jalen, even the times he played as a rookie, passing efficiency was a question, right? The ball was on the ground too much, but the ball wasn't in the other team's hands too often. And so I I uh, I'm not surprised by by how well he's taking care of the ball. There's the the coach's son adage there, right? He he knows the value of that. But what I'm surprised about is how often the ball is is landing in the Eagles' hands because he has not been this efficient throughout his career, and he is this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, Zach, last one for me. Fill in the blank, both blanks, if you'd be so kind. We'll pick whichever blank you want to fill in. The Eagles are now 12-1 and one after Sunday game against Giants because they did this or – yeah, that's the NFC East for you. You never know when you're going to get picked off and the Eagles fall to 11 and 2 because the Giants did that. Pick whichever one you think is uh, more fitting for the game this Sunday against New York against Philadelphia. Yeah, the Eagles are 12 and 1 because they're A, they're the better team, and B, they're going to take care of the ball. If you look at, at, at the games when the Eagles have, have, blown out teams or, or beaten teams handily and the games when it might've been a little too close for comfort. The only variable there is, is turnovers, right? If the Eagles take care of the ball, then they're a better team than the giants. And uh, 
I know the Giants are well coached. The Giants have a record that's frankly better than I anticipated. Um, but if if the Eagles simply play the brand of football they've been playing this year, uh, they will will win this game and win this game handily. Zach, do us a favor. Give us the details on your gathering, your uh, pre-holiday, uh, all you uh, tremendous authors and scribes getting together out in Bridgeport tonight. I know your fearless leader, my buddy, Glenn <laughs> Macnaw, not going to be there. He, uh, a little under the weather. He caught COVID this week. And sure enough, I was out with him last Wednesday night. Uh -oh. had to tell me, you better uh -oh. get yourself checked. Yeah, I got no problem. Yeah. Hey, I stayed on the other side of the table while we drank beers together. Uh, so no Mac now tonight, but you've got good guys uh, sitting out with you. Uh, give us the details on tonight's book signing. Yeah, appreciate you asking. Puddler's Pub in Bridgeport. Uh, you see underdogs behind my shoulder here. I'll be uh, selling and signing underdogs. The photo of Eagles Emotional Road, the Super Bowl victory. Ray Dittinger, Mike Sealski, uh, Leslie Van Arsdale. There's going to be uh, merchandise there. There's there's uh, everything you need for your holiday shopping and, and, and good beer, good food as well. So Puddler's Pub in Bridgeport, 630. Look forward to seeing as many of you as, as possible. I was out of Puddler's Pub with you guys uh, – <laughs> when they had the Maryland Mike uh, IPA launch a couple months ago. It was a good spot, fun time, having a nice. good time tonight. We long day for Zach. I'll <laughs> see you down at the NovaCare I'll conference. see you down there. Thanks for having me on. Well, long Thanks, day. Zach. Wait, it's a walk to Wednesday. You walk guys aren't Wednesday. working, are you? Yeah, yeah, I guess you got to go. I, I guess that counts for uh, McMullen probably work as hard as the Eagles will when he goes down there, but uh, it'll be close somewhere there by uh, walkthroughs love those walkthroughs all right thanks uh, zach Berman for hopping in with us john mcmullen jody mcdonald your mac and mac guys hour number two will go a little bit more of a national uh attention span rob motty who is a philadelphian true and true you know it he's uh covering the entire nfl these days for the associated press but don't kid yourself he's always got an eye on the eagles uh, we haven't had Marty man up in about a month so we'll punch him up in hour number two Come back, probably talk a little bit more about the uh, Giants who got off to a six and one start and all, all of a sudden they're seven, four, and one. Um, they've kind of come back to the pack. It's uh, by the way, I, I have a question for you, Jody, after the break. I've okay. been inundated this week about the turf at MetLife Stadium. Uh, I want to know if the Jets complain about it because everybody seems to be complaining about it. The turf at MetLife Stadium. Um, not great. It's it's a legit complaint, but depending on how far you take it, it can be overblown. Um, okay, that's another thing that we'll talk about because, yeah, the Eagles are going to be on that turf at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Eagles, Giants, McMullen and McDonald looking ahead next here on Birds 365. Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. 
If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Here on Birds 365, the 11 and 1 birds get back to work, or at least walk through today, uh, in preparation for their game coming up on Sunday against the Giants. And that will be in MetLife Stadium, where Johnny Mac, they have changed the turf. They had that slit turf uh, because uh they play as many games as they do there with both the jets and the giants uh sharing the stadium so they did change it they didn't go to grass but they did go to a different type of turf field the issue isn't the turf the issue isn't what the surface is. the issue is the nfl allowed the jets and giants to have a stadium use it together so they both didn't have to shell out for billion dollar stadiums and when you share it it's it's going to get beat up. If it was grass, it'd be tremendously. Yeah, I, was, I, I was just surprised how much, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people contacting me this week about uh, the turf there and how players complain. And because I had not really heard that much about it, not following um, the Giants and Jets that closely, but obviously with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts last year. And by the way, it's Wednesday. I got to bring that in. So you know what that means, Jody. Mike Gill's not here to partake, but oh, uh, potential awards for Philadelphia yeah. Eagle players. Uh, not you potential lay one on me? for the second consecutive week. The soon to be MVP of this league, Jalen Hurts, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, for the second consecutive week. Very nice, Jalen Hurts, 
offensive but, but player. But last week was the first time he got it. He'd gotten player of he the month. He got player of the month previously, correct. Right. Um, yeah, uh, second consecutive week. Uh, it's been almost every week defensive uh, player. Uh, Brandon Graham, one defensive player earlier in the season. Hassan Reddick. Special team, surprisingly. Zach McPherson won it. Cameron Dicker whoa, 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 won wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Zach McPherson won special teams player yeah, of the week. Week one. He won uh, special teams player of the week in Detroit. Uh, week one. Oh, yeah. and there, I thought you meant this past week. No, oh, no. Uh, earlier in the year. I was going to say, Eagles had some guys that stepped up on special teams. One of their best special teams was easily their best special teams week of the year. Either Ellis, no. the addition, or Kobe Dean, or Britton Covey would be the guys I would have thought if someone was going to win it this past week for the Eagles. Yeah, I would have given it to Christian Ellis. Yeah. Uh, um, but now he, he they've had so many this is players of the week all all year, uh, which they certainly lead the NFL, um, like everything else. But uh Jalen Hurts second can take you, that's rare. Um I was trying to look. The league didn't note uh who the previous one would be. Um, but that's rare. Um, oh, here we go. Becomes the first Eagle player to ever win a player of the week award in consecutive weeks. Um, all right. Not that rare. Second player to do it this season. Josh Allen, AFC player of the week, uh, offensive player of the week, consecutive weeks, weeks five and week six. Uh, but still it's pretty impressive. No, I'm glad that, uh, Hertz got it because, uh, Sundays on CBS when I uh, jump in with Zach Gelb on Ion Football, their around the league show that they do for eight hours on Sundays. I uh, give a helping hand for the last two. We give out game balls at the end, three apiece. And I debated on whether to give it to Jalen Hurts or get to give it to A.J. Brown last week because they both had phenomenal weeks. A.J. is kind of dependent on Jalen to get him the ball. So the dynamic is a little bit different. And I went with Jalen just because Jalen did as much as he did with other players. It wasn't all A.J. Brown. A.J. was the number one uh, target, but uh, he also uh, shared the ball around with uh, uh, Devontae getting over 100 yards as well. So that's why I went with him. So I'm glad the league agreed with me. I had to make that decision on Sunday. They will wait till Wednesday to hand out player yeah. of the week. A.J. Brown just got uh, getting first place GM fired. Uh, that's what he's doing. Yeah, what that's what do you way. make of that? Yeah, I, I think that part of it's a little bit overblown because everything I heard from our buddy uh, Teron Davenport as well as some other people I know down there, uh, Robinson wanted to keep him as well. That was more of an organizational decision. Mike Brabel really wanted to keep A.J. Brown. I mean, they they really like each other. That's not uh, uh, bull you-know-what. Uh, they had a big hug for each other before the game. If, if you go back to draft night, that there's that viral clip that they had in the Titans draft room. <laughs> Mike Frable was uh, visibly upset when they made the deal, had to walk away from the table. So the head coach really liked AJ Brown. Um, you know, the GM, you can you can kind of argue it both ways. They had significant salary cap issues, so that's the GM, right? And, and you're in a position where you can't pay your best offensive player. Well, you could argue. Right. But, he, but here's why I'm not sure that I buy that, John. 
They had the draft. They made the deal. And then after, Robinson signed a six-year contract extension. If if he was that put off by being dictated to, listen, you got to trade your best wide receiver. We're already paying Henry. We're not going to pay him, too. We need to get as much as we can for him in exchange. If you were uh, kind of dictated to and you're the general manager from above, why the hell would you sign a six-year contract extension? Now he's getting paid. It worked out for him. If I'm him now, I'm kind of glad I did that because you're guaranteed to be getting that money for the next five years going forward. But if it was a uh, disconnect with any organization, why do you think he signed that lengthy contract extension? You're talking about Robinson. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a question for Amy Adams, I guess. I mean, I, I it doesn't make sense. I mean, why would you buy a GM in season when you're in first place? I mean, it's something went on. Um, so whether the head coach and, and the GM no longer get along and they, they pick the head coach, which is likely uh, the scenario. But I my only point is I, I think it's got more to do with what the Eagles showed about that rest of the roster. Like that was a weak roster. Now they took some hits. Um, they had some injury issues coming into the game. Then they lost a corner. Um they obviously lost Traylon Burks. Their entire offense shut down. And Traylon Burks is – Jody, he's shown some nice uh, uh, development over the past couple of weeks, but it's not like he's Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs or Jamar Chase. He's a nice young player. And he gets hurt on that play by Marcus Epps, and they're done. They're cooked. I mean, think about the Eagles with Reed Blankenship. And, 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 and Josiah Scott, now we nitpick and we have nitpicked and said, Josiah gets beat, but they're, they've proven to be competent backup players. They completely fell apart uh, with a bunch of backup players against the Eagles. And I think the Eagles more, I think everybody jumped on that. Well, AJ embarrassed the Titans. They fired the GM. I think it was more to do with, look, this, this roster is, really top heavy and it really stinks at the bottom. Um, but either way, it doesn't make sense to, to fire a GM in season of a first place team. So something weird is going on. Well, paint me as one of those guys who think, yeah, AJ Brown did what he did. Boom. Stick a fork right in his eye. And that, uh, opened up the possibility because you're right prior to that. And they still are a first place team, but they're a first place team. Um, yeah, they lost a bad division in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's a bad division. They're they're leading a bad division, but, um, they're our first place team. Oh, I, I think the straw that broke the camel's back was AJ Brown doing what he did to the Tennessee Titans this week. Now you might know more than me behind the scenes that the organization was the one who really pushed for that trade. And they did so even with the, an objection from the general manager, we saw the video. We know there was an objection from the coach, uh, but I don't know uh, where Robinson actually sat on that, but. Uh, and that's part of it. <laughs> By the way, that's partly his fault to put him at a position where they can't, they feel like they can't pay AJ Brown, the going rate of receivers in the league and where it was going. That's partially John Robinson's fault because they didn't have uh, cap space and, um, you know, they weren't in a position to do it. So that's partially you, his wait, fault. Wait, 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 wait. Do you believe that? 
They were fine underneath the cap. They just made a football conscious decision of we don't want to pay. And oh, by the way, the Eagles do this all the time with certain positions. We don't value that position enough. We don't want to invest that kind of money in the position. The the Titans weren't a terribly captain this year. I think they were two and a half. Uh, they could have worked it out. I mean, anybody can work it That's out. That's what we I mean. All I, the time. I, I don't buy we that kind of logic. I, I think it was just they didn't want to invest in a wide they receiver. Didn't, they didn't have a ton of cap space. But, again, it's how he proves you can manipulate things and kick things down the road, kick the can down down the road. They could have done that. But the Eagles have an organizational philosophy. Remember, we're used to that. Like a lot of other teams don't like to do that. Um, Jeffrey Lurie is a part of that as well. He 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 rubber stamped. Some ownerships don't want to do that. Um, and and you're right. Certainly, the position, you know, that's a bad decision. I as agree. good as Derek, as good as Derek Henry is, you you can't assume in perpetuity that you're going to be a bad passing team. You know, eventually you got to get a quarterback. You got to go. If, if, if Brian Tannehill is not good enough, you got to go in a different direction. And all of a sudden, you know, you see how quickly it happened in Philadelphia. All of a sudden things move quickly and you might be a good passing team two, three years down. Who knows what Malik Willis turns into being? Uh, who knows? But you can't just assume, oh, we're not, we're a run first team. We're going to be a run first team in perpetuity. That's a bad way to run a team. So, but I, look, Jeffrey Glory doesn't get enough credit, you know, um, for how the Eagles are run. Um, and not everybody's run like the Eagles. I agree with you there. Uh, Lori has given Howie Roseman the power that he needs and the flexibility that he needs to be able to put together the kind of roster that the Eagles have this year. So uh, I'm 100% with you that uh, we, we need to give a tip of the cap a little bit more often to Jeff Lori with what he's doing. All right. The team that facing this Sunday, John, is a team that made major changes during the offseason. The Giants, I think, were at least four straight years out of the playoffs. Um, maybe it's five. I, I, I haven't looked it up. I should, uh, but it's been a while since the Giants have been in the postseason, and they needed changes. They made a couple of poor, mediocre to poor coaching hires over the last several years. Uh, Dave Gettleman was hired because he was an ex-Giant, brought back, talking about hog mollies, and yeah, that didn't pan out a little bit uh, for the Giants. So they needed to shake up the organization. They did bringing in uh, Shine and. Uh, Dable from Buffalo tap into a winning organization, which the Bills have been smart move. Got off to this great start, but now have lost three of their last four games, four uh, non-wins in four out of their last five, including the tie last week. You were, I was slightly more bullish on the Giants than you are. You were like, they're doing it with mirrors, Joe. I don't know how they're six and one because the 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 analytics and the stats just don't add up to a team being six and one. What do you think? Something had to change. Was it strict the schedule? The teams they're playing uh, sooner or later that the water had to find its level. They're going to pay prices for not having the, uh, having a great statistical team. What do you think happened to the Giants? Uh, they fi- finally hired a good coach. Um, you, you mentioned some of the, you know, it was Ben McAdoo and then it was, uh, Pat Shermer, Pat Shermer, Joe judge. Um, yeah, they did a, they did a bad job in the post, uh, Tom Coughlin era, 
Um, you know, McAdoo had the one season and the Eagles were uh, considering uh, hiring him. Um, and he won. I think that was the last time they made the playoffs. So that would have been Doug Peterson's first year. So that would have been 2016. And then I, I think they won 10, 11 Five games years, somewhere. Yeah. Some somewhere, 10, 11 games with Ben McAdoo, and you say, oh, oh they got things going. And then he went, I think, 2-10, and 10, and they replaced him with Steve Spagnuolo. Um, and then start, then you went to Pat Shermer and, and, and Joe Judge, which were disasters. Um, they got a good coach. And, you know, Nick Sirianni, I talked about it earlier in the week, raved about him. But they... They've been three wins, five wins, four wins, four wins. I mean, they've been a bad football team uh, for a long time now. Um, And it started at the top, and now I think they've gotten it right uh, with Brian Dayball. And, yeah, they signaled, basically. There were two teams to me that signaled we're rebuilding. Chicago and the Giants. They they were eventually you know we're we're not good we gotta we gotta rebuild this thing and Brian Dayball's got them ahead of schedule um, and they're winning football games and and no it doesn't look great on paper um, but seven four and one is pretty stinking successful for the talent level they have and that's that's. You know, that tells you how good the coach has been. And, and Eagles fans should, you know, now start paying attention to the Giants because this is not the Giants of Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer and Joe Judge. They got, they got, a, they got a good coach, and they're headed back in the right direction. They're going to continue to make good decisions. They're going to continue to add talent. Um, but right now they're not equipped to deal with the Eagles. They're just not equipped. I, I can't imagine it, it would. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have to be U.S. Zach. Like, what would have have to happen for the Eagles to lose this game? Basically, we saw it. Washington, same thing. You got to play bad offensively. You got to play bad defensively. You got to turn the football over. You got to make mistake after mistake after mistake. Can it happen? Of course, it can happen. But they do not have the explosive ability to keep up with the Eagles. Saquon Barkley and their best receivers, Darius Slayton. I mean, and and oh, by the way, the Slayton's made plays for him. He averages 17 yards per reception. Now, he doesn't get enough receptions. The Giants don't throw the ball effectively enough. 
over the course of a game, but 17 uh, per reception, that's pretty damn good. But if you take him out, what other options do they have? They have nothing else on the outside. Yeah. They got the young tight end Bellinger back last week, and he got a couple of grabs after a scary injury he had. He got poked in the eye and was bleeding on the field. It's actually pretty ugly. Um, they got him back last week, so uh, he, he's, he's a good guy player. Yeah, he's good uh, player. Eagles need to be aware of him. But they had that, that, other than Saquon Barkley, what scares you about the Giants? Nothing. Wondell Robinson was, you know, their rookie receiver, but he's hurt. He had some you know, at least explosive ability. You know, Kenny Galladay has done nothing uh, to the point they don't even play him. Um, David Sills, Richie James, I'm looking at these receivers. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing. I mean, they're, they're not fearful. And that's, you know, when we keep talking about Reed Blankenship and how well he's playing, Zach brought up a good point saying, well, the Eagles haven't played offenses that could take advantage of, 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 you know, throwing the football in the middle of the field. Um, and they're not going to do it again this week. So, you know, where you would look at Reed Blankenship and say, oh, maybe we start to wring our hands a little bit. They don't, they don't have the ability to take advantage of it. So it, it's, it's tough to, other than, it's an NFC East game. Yeah, they tend to be closer. We all know the all the tropes with division rivalries. Other than that, I I, I can't be fearful of this team. I, you know me from day one. I said I I don't I don't know mirrors. Yeah, right, how you, they doing you, it? You wrote off the Giants. You said they're not even trying to win. They're in full rebuild mode. And then sure enough, they're six and one. How the hell is this happening? Um, I didn't quite understand six and one, but I gave him a little bit more credit than you do. But now the last four weeks, it looks like what you said was coming true. Yeah, they're just not that good. They found ways to win games that they hadn't been dominant and are overly impressive. But you look up at the scoreboard, end of the game. Oh, shoot, Giants won again. Um, I give you one other thing that the Eagles have to be on top of this weekend defensively. Daniel Jones running the football yeah uh i do enough shows in new york i don't do as many as i used to but i do uh one every once in a while and giant fans can't stand me because i point out the fact that daniel jones isn't a franchise quarterback he was overdrafted when he was drafted and they've continued to stick with him when he's not a franchise quarterback how many playoff games have they won with daniel oh that's right they haven't made the playoffs yet with daniel jones and you go ahead and blame the coaching staff and everybody else I'll tell you, Daniel Jones is just not a franchise quarterback, but he's a pretty athletic guy, and he can yeah, take off and make athletic. plays on the run. He actually averages more yards per run than Jalen Hurts does. Now, Hurts gets hurt by the fact that he gets a whole bunch of those third and one dives into the middle of the line. He's getting one yard at a time, which brings his average run down. But Jones actually averages more per carry uh, per run than he does. Oh, yeah. He's been really effective. And that's been, you know, and Saquon Barkley's having a, a, a big year as well, although he started to slow down a little bit because they leaned on him. Um, but he's having a great year uh, running the football, almost six yards a carry. Um, and for whatever reason, people don't recognize the fact that 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 he's athletic. I don't know. Maybe he's a little goofy looking, a little lanky, but he's athletic and he can run the football. 
And the Eagles know that from the big run in Lincoln Financial Field, and people joked about that because he tripped himself. Yeah, he did trip himself. Eagles had nothing to do with him coming down. No, he did trip himself, but he did go 70 yards or whatever before he tripped himself. You got to be careful around the 10-yard line. And that was here in Philadelphia. They don't have that issue. Yeah, you make fun of that trip all you want. Jones hasn't tripped on the 10-yard line at MetLife Stadium. No. But the bottom line is, uh, what what uh, he he was drafted, I believe, in twenty nineteen. Fifth overall check. pick, eighteen, yeah. I think it was twenty uh, twenty nineteen. Nineteen. And... Oh yeah, oh same draft as AJ Brown. I yeah. ran those. Did I run those names by you yesterday here on Birch Three Sixty Five? I know I meant to. Uh, uh no. 20... Okay, quick aside, Six and I let you back to your point. Uh, we had this past week, A.J. Brown, the very motivated A.J. Brown, the maybe a little ticked off A.J. Brown at the Tennessee <laughs> Titans for trading him. Uh, back in 2019, when A.J. Brown came out, 51st pick in the draft in the second round, middle of the second round. The New York Giants didn't pass on him once, didn't pass on him twice, passed on him three times. <laughs> they had three first round picks in 2019. Daniel Jones. Dexter Lawrence. Good player, and by the way. DeAndre Baker, no, a quarterback a good, whose job was to out. cover AJ Brown in the SEC. They took him at 30, 31, 32. They had a bottom of the first round draft pick. Never called AJ Brown's name out. So, in case AJ doesn't know it, which I can pretty much guarantee you he does, uh, someone tell him this week if he, you catch him down there today uh, walking through. Do point out to him, John that the Giants passed on him three times in 2019 because I like the way the motivated A.J. Brown plays, if we can judge by last week against the Titans at all. Yeah, well, you know, I'll bring it up to him. I talk to A.J. Please, every please week. AJ's, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, DeAndre Baker, there were some off-the-field, obviously, issues with DeAndre. I don't think it was – he had talent, obviously – I think he went to Georgia, right, DeAndre? Yeah, Georgia guy. Uh, played played against uh, A.J. Brown. Yeah, uh, he was a good player in college. Uh, Dexter Lawrence has turned into a, a really good player. Um, and so they they at least hit on one. You know, Daniel Jones is the sixth overall pick. I I just think, I, I believe it was the Patriots who drafted uh, Harry. Um, late in the first round. And uh, so obviously they're looking at receiver. And I remember in the second round, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown. So the Patriots have the bigger question on, uh, on what the hell they were thinking. All right, but but, don't, men- don't mention that to AJ. Just tell him the giants passed on him three times, get him good and riled up about uh, sticking it in the giant side, the same way he did the Titans eye this past week. Yeah, he's he doesn't have he he really wanted to stick it in the eye of the Titans. Understood, he wanted, but he he, he, he got you got to come up with something to get him as motivated again a, this week. AJ wanted to to stay with the Titans, um, and he wanted um, uh, he wanted to be there and was disappointed. So um, I'm glad it worked out for him. Agreed. All right, so uh, Jet Giants and Eagles this week. Hopefully the Eagles lose the coin toss and take the ball first because I believe they'll go right down the field, stick in the end zone just like they did this past week, and we don't have to worry about uh, the coach deferring. 
Um, <laughs> you mentioned how Sirianni mentioned this week that even Brian Dayball and their former uh, uh, relationship uh, with other teams are our boys and our pals. We had that a couple of weeks ago against Indianapolis with Frank Reich having been the Indy coach and then fired just before the two teams were supposed to meet. And we saw Sirianni and his reaction after the game. Are he and Dable that tight that this is something we need to keep our eye on again this week? Uh, pre-game handshake, post-game hug. How's it going to play? Oh, yeah. Between yeah you're going to see the pre-game hug. Uh, yeah, they're close. Uh, they've always you – know, they only worked together the one year um, – but they've always stayed in contact. Now, you know, Nick always says his three biggest influences are his dad coaching, you know, his coaching influence. Uh, Larry Karras, uh, the name you always hear is Mount Union coach and uh, Frank Reich. So it's not to that level. Um, but as I said, Brian Dayball gave him his first uh, full positional coaching job um, in Kansas City. Uh and he and he liked him, and he took him under his wing, and and thought he had a big future. Um, and it was ironic that that Nick beat uh, Brian to a head coaching job by one year. Uh, but Brian was, you know, he was an offensive coordinator. He was he was already on and that year. Probably hurt Brian because they were two and fourteen. Uh, that 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 probably hurt him and set him back, but. He really took an interest in in Nick and Jim Bob, Jim Bob Cooter, um, and uh, Nick has never never forgotten it. Uh, so yeah, he has tremendous respect for for Brian Dayball, but he's not Frank Reich. Um, agreed, but he may turn out to eclipse Frank Reich. Uh, when you say he's not, Frank I mean, Reich, in, you in mean Frank, in, in, in the Nick's pantheon eyes. of uh, yeah. who Nick Sirianni looks up yeah. to. He could become a better head coach than than Frank. Oh yeah, but uh, in Nick's eyes, uh, well, nobody beat Larry Karras. He thinks Larry Karras is Bear Bryant or Nick Saban, one of the greatest college coaches of all time, according to Nick. One stat that I did come up with crunching some numbers for this upcoming game uh, last night was, and I did not know this. Um, you and I talk about the Giants every once in a while because they're a division <laughs> rival and uh, they did go off to 6-1 start. Now they come back to the pack. Their rankings across the league, they're not up there in offense. They're not up there in defense. And oh, by the way, they stink at special teams too. Did you know that they're actually ranked behind the Eagles in special teams? Going into last week, the Eagles were... 32nd in the National Football League. There's 32 teams in the NFL, folks, which means they were dead last, but they had a good enough week that they skyrocketed up to number 29. The Giants are 30th. So not only aren't the Giants a threat with the ball or trying to defend the Eagles and keep them off the scoreboard, their special teams stink on ice like the Eagles do, too. <laughs> do you think this game is decided on specials, John? The less inept special yeah. teams I'm, the, I'm interested uh, you know that's I'm interested um in the Eagles special teams from the consistency standpoint can they do it again uh can they get better or is this the the classic overcorrection? but you're right about you know when we talk about and and I and I say the the talent that doesn't match up with the record, 
And that's why I give Brian so much credit. So if, if you go to those grades, I, I assume you were getting them from PFF. I don't yeah. know. Um, so, you know, the best overall team graded by uh, PFF is the Eagles. Chiefs are second, 49ers third. A lot of people, a lot of teams that you would assume. The Giants, remember, are are seven, four, and one, right? So that's a pretty good record. Um, and they'd be in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. Correct. Uh, grading the overall teams, PFF has them 30th. They Only the 30th ranked team in the, the 30th NFL? ranked team. Holy mackerel, I didn't know that. Over the Chicago Bears are 31, and the Houston Texans are 32. Arizona's better. Uh, the Chargers, they have rated very low. The Carolina Panthers, Jacksonville's 26. The Giants are the 30th ranked team from the film, and he's finding ways to win games. Yeah. That is amazing. That is good uh, coaching. Yeah. Get so. the most out of it. And, no, oh, by the way, that special teams from the Giants that I told you is ranked uh, down at the very bottom, now below the Philadelphia Eagles. If they had a guy who could step up, and I've actually been a fan of this guy because he is tremendously consistent. Graham Gano had a chance to win the game the other night. He's he, a good kicker. He's a good kicker. He's a very good kicker. But he had a 58-yarder with the game on the line, <coughs> and he came up woefully short. I mean, I the ball it. bounced in like the middle of the end zone. It wasn't like it just snuck under the crossbar. 58, which in the NFL now these days, there are guys making 60s all the time. Yeah. Who was it? Uh, Airline. Cowboy kicker earlier this year. Kicked it from 60. Then they took the penalty. So they backed it up or he kicked it from 58. And then they backed it up to 63. And he made it again. So guys are making field goals of that range all the time. Gano wasn't even close. It, it like you could see it, and and they give you the kind of uh, uh, difficult angle to be able to judge how much distance is on a. Yeah, game. they give you crappy angles on field goals. I've noticed that now. They they do. Uh, they which... give you that field angle, uh, which doesn't give you the the perception. But yeah, so many guys. It tells you where it's got to be within the uprights, but you got no idea about distance. Yeah. Then they gave you the side angle. You go. Holy mackerel, that wasn't even close. Yeah. So if the Giants need a long field goal against the Eagles, end of the first half or end of the game, you don't sweat it. Graham Gano's not going. He's he's not banging it home from 60. Your, your guy banged through a 60-yarder uh, last week, uh, Greg Greg the leg. Uh, Greg the leg out of nowhere came yeah. back to pound a 60 yard. He used to be good like that when he yeah. was on the Rams. He hasn't been good like that the last couple of years, but yeah, uh, yeah he's. Uh, but there's a difference, Jody. He was kicking indoors, pristine conditions. You know, that's true. When, when you start, the Giants were at home last week, weren't they? Yeah, or, it was at MetLife. Yeah. So that's, that's far more difficult. 58's difficult outside in the Northeast at this time of year, unless. You're Justin Tucker, and he'll probably make it. Yeah, he he kind of all the rules go by the no. boards when you're talking about Justin Tucker. All right, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Coming up next, we're gonna go Eagles and the National Football League. A look at uh, one of the best in the business who covers it all for the Associated Press. Rob Motti gonna jump back in with us here on Birds 365. Stick around. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim's my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Back on back, guys, here on Birds 365. We're hoping to be joined by Rob Motti from the Associated Press, lead writer uh, for uh, AP. I uh, should be jumping in uh, any minute now. Um, and I will ask Rob about the major acquisition yesterday by the defending world champion Los Angeles Rams, Scoop Up Baker Mayfield on waivers. I, I apologize because I don't remember who, exactly who it was, but somebody tweeted out last night, hey, count your Christmas blessings. Russell Wilson versus Baker Mayfield on Christmas Day. When the schedules came out, John, and it was the Rams against the Broncos late December, yeah. you're going, wow, that could be a Super Bowl preview. <clears throat> Couldn't yeah. be further from the truth. Those are two of the worst teams in the National Football League. Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson. Not not quite the careers, though, both of those two guys were banking on having no. at this uh, stage. I, I think the Rams are got to be in the conversation uh, for being the worst uh, Super Bowl uh, defense in NFL history. Well, let's bring Rob in. Let's ask Rob. Rob, did you get did you get that? My the Rams might be. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. 
the worst Super Bowl winner when it comes to defense the next season. I mean, they've been a disaster this season. Yeah. So uh, we, we got, got Rob. Rob. He might be freezing up. I'll give you the one off the top of my head, and I could be woefully wrong about this. Rob, you hearing us? Yeah, I, I hear. I think I think they are. Yeah, the worst the the worst team, uh, worst Super Bowl defending team, and they've been just a total yeah. mess, a total disaster. And I think you could you could sense that this could happen because of all the all the 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 things they did to get to the point to where they were all in to win, and they invested a lot of money in, in a lot of skill position guys and. And once you start to lose players to injuries, they don't have a, they don't have backups to go to that are experienced. They don't have backups to go to who could step in and, and get the job. They got to go to younger players, and they're just not positioned to have a deep roster. And, and that's where they're at right now. And 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 I think that th- this is it's been a mess. It's been a disaster. And for those who don't like Sean McVay, it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, the the boy genius not quite getting it done this year. Uh, On that uh, note, and John and I have talked about this here on the show before, need your take as well. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, Eagles did make a play for Russell Wilson, inquired about him this past year. He didn't want to come here. All right, didn't get him. They did inquire about Deshaun Watson, definitely had interest in him. He wanted no part of coming here. He didn't get him. Jalen Hurts turns into Jalen Hurts. That story has been well-written. Eagles really wanted Allen Robinson this offseason. Yeah, And he ended up going to the Rams and basically doing diddly squat. Uh, Allen Robinson over-evaluated. You're going to blame it all on Stafford not being there. Why has he been a complete non-factor for the defending champions? I think it could be a combination of, of those. Obviously, Matthew Stafford not being in a lineup, being in and out of the lineup. Uh, Allen Robinson, Robinson's a little bit older, but like you said too, it, it's when you're pursuing someone, sometimes, sometimes you're going after players oftentimes based on what they've done in other systems, what they've done with other teams, the success they've had in the past. And you're projecting that onto what you can do or what you feel they can do with your team. And it doesn't always work out. Obviously, it hasn't worked out with some of the higher profile quarterbacks in the league across uh, uh, over the course of this season. And it's it's not a shocker that it doesn't happen sometimes. Sometimes it often doesn't happen with running backs. You, you think a running back and you could plug him in and he can go and he just doesn't have that success. It's dependent upon the offensive line, the scheme, the blocking, all of those things. I think it's tougher to project success with guys who are – at the at the tail end of their careers than it is guys who are certainly uh, younger coming off their first contract as it is to for some for some of these guys who are in their late 20s early 30s the eagles have pushed all the right buttons they've made all the yeah. right moves and and it it's looking like this is a, a team that's destined for Glendale, Arizona, and if anything less happens, it's going to be a huge major yeah. disappointment which is such a surprise to be able to this season. Like, you thought they were going to be good. I thought they were going to be good. I thought they were going to be division winners. But to sit here right now at 11-1 and as to me, the prohibitive favorite to come out of the NFC, I know what the odds makers say, and, they, and they, they, there's the Bills, the Chiefs, and then you got the Cowboys in the mix. 
Eagles really look like a team with no flaws or very few flaws. They got to yeah. come out of the NFC. It, it, it has been amazing, and sometimes uh, the stars align. Look, Howie is going to win executive of the year. He should win executive of the year. Uh, Jody brought up some names. Add in Christian Kirk. You know, if they get Christian Kirk, they don't get A.J. Brown. If they get Marcus Williams, they don't get uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And you get mixed up in the moment and saying, oh, we lost out on Marcus Williams. And all of a sudden you have the NFL interception leader. You lose out on a good player in Christian Kirk and you turn in and get a great player in A.J. Brown. Sometimes the stars just align. But when I compare the Rams, Rob, the difference to me is the depth, as you mentioned, and why don't they have that depth? Because they got to pay the quarterback $40 million. The Eagles are paying their quarterback $1 million. Now that's going to end. So that window is open. And it's not open a crack. It is wide open. Because they have such tremendous depth on this roster. Because you don't have to pay the quarterback. Now, how... So you bring up how disappointing would it be if the Eagles don't get the Glendale? Whew, it has changed quickly because they need to take advantage of this window. Oh, John, absolutely. And that's a great point you bring up because when you're paying a quick, look at the Green Bay Packers, what you're paying Aaron Rodgers and how can you fill out the, rem- the rest of the roster? How are yeah. you able to assemble around these guys. The fact that Jalen Hurts is on a a rookie contract, a second-round pick rookie contract, you've been able to supplement, you've been able to build a roster around him. You can bring in Linville, Joseph, and Sue uh, in the middle of the season and and add guys. You have this ability, and uh, I think things have worked out for them. I I, I was messing around a couple weeks ago wondering, like, who's the best draft pick in the history of Howie Roseman? Is it Jordan Maylotta or is it Jalen Hurts? At this point, it, to, to draft Jalen Hurts, and we remember everything surrounding it, right, when he yeah. comes out, second yeah. round pick, and you had Carson and all that. If Jalen Hurts is is going to lead you to a Super Bowl as a second round pick, that's the greatest draft pick in Howie Roseman history. Could very well Jordan, be. that's a good question, though, Rob, because Jordan, as a seventh round pick mm-hmm. who never put a helmet on in his life <laughs> – and turns into a franchise left tackle. But quarterback is so important. You probably right. default to the quarterback. But, man, it's a good question. That is a good question. Smells like a Rob Mighty book after the season is over and done with. I'm just saying that, <laughs> if that's uh, the way you're going. All right. I uh, do want to jump around and talk about the entire league <laughs> while we got you. Um, Jimmy G goes down. They say broken foot, season-ending surgery. Yesterday, come out and say – he might not need surgery. He could actually be back in six or seven weeks, which would be into the playoffs, but they got to get there before he ever comes back. Will things be pretty or ugly for the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Uh, I, I'm not a writer. I got to go with the cute little catchphrase. I can't do a whole book like you two guys, so uh, I got to try and be cute when I can. Which way is the quarterback position go for San Francisco for the next six weeks? I think this team is is in a position where the defense is so solid. Their defense is so good, so strong. And they got a a run game and a lot of weapons. I don't expect Brock Purdy to be as efficient as he was against Miami. To step in and do what he was able to do in that game was pretty impressive. 
having that, ha having such little experience that this guy has as a rookie. But I, they're in a position where they can grind out wins defensively, run the ball, and ask him not to do all that much. Uh, he's he's going to have to manage games just like Jimmy Garoppolo did. As far as Jimmy returning, you know, I, I think I remember the Eagles going through this with A.J. Feely stepping in after Donovan broke his foot um, in the Arizona game way back in 2003. It was maybe three or four games that A.J. Feely had to play, and then Donovan steps in. In the playoffs, they beat Atlanta, and then they lose to Tampa Bay, the Rondé Barber game. Uh, I don't know if the, the 49ers can expect Jimmy G to be able to step into an NFC championship if they get there uh, and, and be more effective than the guy who helped get them there. I think they got to just proceed as if Brock Purdy's their quarterback the rest of the season. Now they got to match up this week against Tampa Bay that – uh, you, you think you got an offense coming in in the Buccaneers that can't score more than 17 points, that's got no creativity, that relies solely dependent upon a 45-year-old quarterback making plays at the end of the game. It's a, it's a good shot and a good opportunity for them to a great test for the 49ers this week. And I think this game comes down to who avoids Dallas in the first round of the playoffs because the, the Bucks and the yeah. Niners are in that 3-4 mix. And, and you, you want to win that game to get the three. If the Bucks win, they're still a game behind, but they'll have that home – they'll have that the, the, the edge in the tiebreaker in case they, they do catch up. So nobody wants to play Dallas in the first round of the, of the playoffs. So that's why this game's a big one for both teams. Yeah, very talented team. You know, you mentioned the odds there, Rob, and you know how people in Philadelphia are. They get very upset that the Eagles aren't getting the respect of Kansas City or Buffalo or whomever is on top the of the AFC. on underdogs call them then. Yeah, yeah. Zach, <laughs> Zach's going to write another book. Uh, so uh, even though they shouldn't, they haven't been underdogs all year, by the way, the Eagles. They're favored every game. They should be favored. Uh, their favorite this week as they go up to MetLife Stadium. But overall, you know, I think we all, and I think you were in this category, I think we talked about this in the offseason, we all thought the AFC was going to be much better than the NFC. Turns out we were all wrong, I think, at this stage. You mentioned Dallas. To me, they're a tremendously talented team. San Francisco, if they had their quarterback, whether it was Trey Lance or or even Jimmy G, is, you know, maybe the most difficult team to deal with. Uh, the Eagles are the Eagles. Minnesota's 10-2. and two. They get no respect. We were just talking about Brian Dayball, what he's done with the Giants. The AFC, people default to. But there's a bunch of teams that have underachieved. You know, the Chargers, I thought, were going to be a great team. Denver, we all thought. Russell Wilson, they're going to be a great team. The AFC West as a whole, we said, ooh, look at how tough that division is. Not tough at all. Bad division. Why do people can't admit they're wrong and say the NFC, <laughs> they got good teams. They got better teams than the AFC. They're deeper than the AFC. Am I crazy? No, I think the NFC East turned out to be what we all thought the AFC West would be. And here's the NFC East with, with four teams with a legitimate shot at making a playoffs. And, and we'll see uh, what happens with the Eagles and the Giants and the Commanders, because that's it's, it, I think the Giants are 
in a tougher spot right now than Washington, but they're going to face the Eagles the last game of the year, and the Eagles probably won't need that. So that they, that's a W for for the Giants. So that that gets them to eight. Now they got to find the ninth and potentially a tenth in there. Um, he, he, the, the top heavy teams in the AFC, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, are still really good. They're all, those three teams: Kansas City, Cincinnati. Buffalo, I, I think you can list them one, two, three, any which way uh, that you feel, and and you're not you're not that far off, right? Th- this week, all right, Buffalo is now the one seed. Kansas City just lost; they lost to Cincinnati. Does that drop Kansas City to, to, to third? All three of those teams have real shot, legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. I, I think you you take those three from the AFC, and then you go to the NFC. It's to me, it's Eagles, Dallas, and yeah, then Minnesota. Right. Yeah. Eagles, Dallas, then Minnesota. And and Minnesota doesn't get a lot of respect for uh, it, it's they give up a thousand passing yards every week. But they yeah, turn a 10 it and over. two team yeah. this week, a 10 and two team versus a, versus a five and seven team. And they're an Detroit's underdog. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know they're it, it's in Detroit, but they're an underdog. I don't know when that's ever happened this late in a season that you have a five game advantage in the win loss column and you're an underdog. That tells you what Vegas thinks about the Lions. That makes it a Lions line to me. I'm taking a Lions in my pro picks now at this yeah. point when, when you see something like that. But that that game means a lot to the Eagles because that allows them to build a bigger cushion for the number one seed. And then potentially those last two games don't matter. The Saints game where it only matters if you beat them. And if you do, that helps you in the draft pit, draft scenario and all that stuff. So that's going to be interesting going down this stretch. But I'll take those three teams out of AFC, two out of the NFC, and I'll say those are the five teams that I think could be in the Super Bowl. And, Gardner Minshew better be ready for Week 17 because you're <laughs> right. The Eagles need that game against the Saints. They might not need it for 2022, but they may need it for the 2023 draft. All right, got to ask about this guy. And you're not as guilty as charged as other outlets like ESPN and Fox. We're three years removed from Odell Beckham being a factor in the National Football League. And yet his free agents detour and how teams are back and forth and, oh, what a major addition it could be. The Cowboys at least let it leak out that, you know, he might not be able to play. If you're wondering why we haven't scooped him up immediately, he doesn't want to work out. We've got questions, medical issues and the like. But it doesn't stop the conversation about Odell Beckham Jr. and or bring down the, the buzz attached to it. Why is that? It, it's been a while. I know he had a couple of good games helping the Rams to get to the Super Bowl last year. Got hurt in the Super Bowl itself. But why is Odell Beckham the most talked about guy in the National Football League? Star power, the name. It's OBJ. Uh, I I think he's one of the uh, the Instagram celebrities who commands the most. Uh, you get those you get those surveys that they send out there and go, which players get the most hits and which players can make the most money. But Jody, you're right, and I think you know every throughout this process, I've wondered when a guy tore his ACL in February, yeah. could he possibly be ready right now? Like. Uh, I saw Chris Godwin go down with an ACL in December last year for the for the Buccaneers. And he made it back for early in the season in, in September, but he hasn't been himself until mm. the past couple weeks. And I don't anticipate Odell Beckham Jr. being able to contribute in any significant way when he first comes back. The only guy we ever saw come back 
from an ACL and and be immediately who he what was Adrian Peterson. Remember that Adrian, tore his ACL, yeah. came back, Adrian. was the MVP of the league, ran for two thousand yeah. yards. Normally, it takes a guy uh, till the next year. It, it's it's a three, four, five month recovery process after you're playing. You know, it's nine to twelve months. Then you come back and it's still three, four till you feel like who you're who you are. Interesting yeah. that it's the Cowboys who leak that information. Are they leaking that to maybe set one? They could be doing that to to get him at a, a, a certainly a lower contract. Or two, hey guys, hey Dak, hey Zeke, hey, we know you guys want o- o- Odell. He's not healthy, and it, we, we can't make this happen right now. So th- it, it's very interesting that the leaky mouth comes from Jerry Jones. Not I'll, give, I'll, give you one, I'll give you one other possibility. Jerry doesn't like to be second-guessed. Jerry is the, uh, it's got the most rabbit ears uh, of any NFL owner. And, whoa, whoa, we're the Cowboys. <laughs> Odell's come to t- How do we not have this guy signed? Jerry doesn't like to hear that through the media, through the fans, or whatever else. He's very sensitive. He can't play. He can't get on the field. It's not that we're not willing. We know we want him to, but I'm not doing that. It's a bad football yeah. deal. Jerry, Jerry can get defensive pretty damn quickly. I think that's part of it. And by yeah, the way, uh, OBJ would be a better fit for the Giants. I mean, they need a receiver. So when he's oh healthy, God, but yeah, <laughs> Michael Gallup. They went through it with Michael Gallup. He's coming back off a torn ACL. Now he's just getting right, and he's actually contributing a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. But, Rob, you're right with the OBJ. It's just the superstar talk. Now, I, I want to talk about the superstar here in Philadelphia, and people don't want to label him that. Um, second consecutive uh, Player of the Week award uh, announced this morning for Jalen Hurts. Um, this is the MVP of the league in my estimation. Now it's not over. Uh, there's still plenty of time left. Uh, that could change. I don't get the feeling and obviously you're involved and I don't want you to uh, go too deep into it from that perspective, but, uh, I don't get the feeling there's a lot of, of, of push for Jalen hurts. A lot of people who say, this is an MVP caliber guy. Patrick Mahomes, we all know Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, we all know Josh Allen. But do you sense that people don't believe in Jalen Hurts? Because I sense that. Uh, he certainly had. He doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen's uh, resume coming into the season, and I, I think people are aware of that. They know that they didn't consider him to be an MVP candidate coming into the year, but he's put people on notice, John. And uh, you know my role in that is I don't vote, but I, I yeah. have assigned the voters, and for most of, for the voters knowing that I'm from Philly originally. They a few guys have reached out to me over the course of the season. Hey, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is really like he, he's 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 right there. And I think this past week when Burrow beats Mahomes and Jalen for the second consecutive week does what he did. You know, one week it's with his legs this week for a team to go over 350 rushing and then 350 passing. It's so impressive. It's so significant. He doesn't make mistakes. He's so protective of the football. He makes smart decisions. He's a winning player. And we've always talked about the intangibles and the characteristics and all those things that he brings to the table. And now it translates on the field. 
I don't vote, but if I had one right now, he's my MVP. Right now, Jalen Hurts would be my MVP. But this is a this is a a award that right it's going week to week yep. because you look at it next next week we could be sitting here going, yeah. oh, did you see the way uh, Burrow did this or Mahomes did that or Allen did that? It's going to come down to who finishes. I think you have to give a team credit for getting that number one seed. But where I I do feel that maybe some of these other guys have an edge is Jalen has so many weapons around him. And he's got a dominant offensive line. I joked about this a couple of weeks ago and said, if ever a unit were to be considered for an MVP, it would be the entire Eagles offensive line. To which one guy said to me, a, a voter, he was like, has has a, an offensive lineman ever? And I'm like, never won. I, I don't, I can't, I got to dig in and see if they ever got a vote. But it was always one vote. Now that we expanded it to give me a top five. Could somebody get a vote as an offensive line? Could Jason Kelsey get a vote? Like, I think the 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 depth of the team, the weapons around him, and the strength of the offensive line may factor a little bit against Jalen because some voters may feel like Patrick Mahomes does more with less. And I don't think that's fair. I, I understand where it comes from. Uh, but if you're going to go quarterback, base it on the totality of what he's been able to do all year. And yeah, he may have some more weapons. Yes, he may have the best offensive line in football, but he's going out there producing week in and week out. And he's doing it with his legs. He's doing it with his arm. He's not making mistakes. To me, he's the MVP right now. And Rob, since we went down the award-winning road and you did a great job explaining it, I have to say this all the time. It is a week. To, it's a fluid situation. Just because you call Patrick Mahomes the MVP two weeks ago doesn't mean he's the MVP now. Just because John and I both said this week we vote for Jalen Hurts doesn't mean in two weeks we're going to say the same thing. It's that close. There's no runaway leader that it can go week to week. Who's the coach of the year in the NFL right now? It hands down to me, Nick Sirianni. When you got one loss in your second season as a head coach, for a team that is coming off a nine and nine season. And I know you, uh, same argument with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you got more playmakers, you got more talent, you got the uh, executive of the year, which isn't an official AP award, but I know yeah. uh, there, yeah. there are other outlets who, who do give out an executive of the year, but that's certainly Howie. Uh, I'm not holding that against Nick Sirianni. If they, if they rattle off uh, a 15 and two season here or 16 and one, whatever it may be, he's got to be the, the, the coach of the year. And, and, I thought I'm sure you guys thought it was a, 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 a disgrace in baseball to see Buck Showalter get manager of the year in the National League when his team folded and couldn't even win the division. Like I, I, I certainly think that the uh, the NFL voters um, are, are going to recognize. And, you know, you, you had Brian Dable in the conversation and they start losing a few games. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Mike McDaniel's got to be in a conversation. Kyle Shanahan's going to get a look because he's now on his third quarterback, and we'll see how they finish. But he, Nick Siri, uh, and, and he, he's got one loss. You know, he's got to be that. He's got to be that. Yeah, coach. it's 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 almost it, it's like an interesting experiment because you know if you go back to the preseason, Rob, and we said, oh, Nick's going to be. 11 and one people say coach of the year bang no question the expectations weren't there but now as we go through the season now the expectations have changed the eagles are expected to win every week the eagles are expected 
um, uh, our favorite every week. And all of a sudden you start looking at the guys like Dayball who are doing more with less perception wise. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and so it's always interesting to see how people vote and it comes down to everybody's definition. But, you know, I, I wanted to give you a chance. I saw this on your uh, Twitter account. Uh, follow Rob at, uh, at Rob Motti. You got a chance to take your daughters to see the goats. Is that, uh, yeah, they're not Eagles fans. We, they, 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 they have departed to Tom Brady. I can't blame them, by the way. Yeah. Well, they, they never, they never were, right? They, they were so young in Philly. They didn't really care about sports. And then it, it, when they started to get into it here in, in Tampa and, you know, Brady being Brady and, and they get excited about, uh, seeing him, they've been wanting to go to a game, and and I can't. How am I going to take yeah. him to a game when I'm working? Yeah. So I haven't been yeah. able to do it. So I, I thought this Monday, like I flew home from Houston. I, I had that the, the the privilege of covering the worst game on the schedule, the Browns Texans, <laughs> and, and it wasn't. I wasn't there for the game. Obviously, I was there for the Deshaun Watson yeah. return and all right. that nonsense. And uh, I fly home early on, on Monday. It's my birthday. It's my first one since uh, losing my dad, and I'm like, I, I want to do something special with my girls. So. I thought, all right, let's do it. It's a Monday night game. I don't have to watch the whole league today. It's just one game. I I, I can take them. So so uh, we, yeah, man, I haven't bought tickets for a football game in in, in forever. I know what tickets cost. God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on the secondary. Yeah. I want like yeah, I didn't want to dial up any. It's like last minute. I'm gonna say, hey, can I can I buy some tickets to it? Yeah. So I'm like on this site on that site. You pay the pay whatever ridiculous amount. We're sitting there and I'm going. This is a terrible football game. It's a, and they're having a great it time. Was. The Bucks fans are embracing yeah. them, everybody. And then we stay till the end. I'm like, you got to stay. We stay till the end. Brady, Tom nice. Brady, you never know what he can do. Yeah, and they, they, and they got to see history. With all Tom Brady's yeah. accolades and all that, he, he had only come back from that type of deficit that late once, and that was the Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Yeah. against Atlanta. And he does it again at your daughter's first game live. That's 44th. Cool. 44th fourth quarter comeback to pass Peyton Manning. So yeah. he, he, he broke the record for fourth quarter comebacks. And it, and it was beautiful. I had seats as he's running off and you could see, you could see them cheering on the ESPN uh, uh, screen as, as Brady's running off. So it, nice. they'll never forget their first game. The problem is guys, now they want to go back. Wow. Like, oh, oh, yeah. I don't know what. Now that the you've been best bad. words you can ever hear better than Disney. They said, "Ooh, wow. very nice. Better than Disney." So right, I'll well, take that. Glad that worked out for you, but now that you've admitted to bad parenting and you're allowing your daughters <laughs> to be Buccaneer fans, hmm. I'm bringing you back here to Philadelphia. Before you became Mr. National Associated Press, you were an Eagle guy forever. Best Eagles Giant game you ever covered? Uh, I'm not. I I can't remember covered, but I can remember a, as a kid growing up as a fan the Clyde Simmons, the, the field goal that was blocked in overtime. That Clyde said, I've never seen this before in the end. It was the only game. It was overtime. I think it was in the Meadowlands. A blocked field goal, a blocked field goal in overtime, and it goes behind the line of scrimmage. Clyde Simmons, who's a defensive end, but he's playing. He's on the offensive line. Picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. And we were like going, what in the world? Merrill and I think it was Stan Walters at the time was his play-by-play -play guy yeah. are going yeah. crazy. I, I just remember going back, uh, Jody, you probably were 
on WIP at the time uh, back then. And, and like, just, I, I used to tape like on a cassette player, Merrill's calls and play the, and, and they'd be like the answering machine, the voice of the answering machine at my parents' house. People will call <laughs> Merrill going nuts on a Clyde Simmons. Oh, by the way, you've reached the Mahdi's aren't home right now. So that to me is the most, that's the most memorable. Uh, uh, the, the, obviously the Deshaun game, right? Deshaun, the last punt, uh, the Westbrook punt return, Vaisika uh, Hema beating up the goalpost. Uh, Randall Cunningham, the Monday night game. That Carl Banks, yeah. Jimmy Giles play, right, where yeah. that sticks out. But I don't think there's ever been a, a wackier ending than a defensive lineman playing offensive line in overtime, picking up a blocked field goal. I don't think people even know that rule, that you can pick up yeah. a blocked field goal if it goes behind the line of scrimmage and run with right. it. Yeah. And By the way, Jordan up. Davis, before his injury, was uh, was the wing guy on field goal yeah. protect. Still going wow. on today. Yeah, yeah. We shall see, Marty Man. Uh, you just admitted that uh, your parents were better parents than you become because they put Meryl Weiss <laughs> on the answering machine. You're bringing your daughters to Buccaneer game. But we love you and we forgive you and get get them up here to a Philadelphia Eagles game. <laughs> the Eagles are eleven and one. In case you hadn't noticed, uh, it's spring a little bit. You might have paid a lot on the secondary market for those tickets this week, but it's worth it to go to an Eagles. Well, I think I got some well, connections in Philly. We can make that happen. <laughs> twelve is twelve. You can't fight that tidal wave. I understand exactly <laughs> what's going on, Rob. Hey, I'll take them to Glendale when the Eagles get there. There, there go. you go. Very good go. attitude out of you, Rob. Oh, always yeah. a pleasure. We'll get you back up before the playoffs start. Thanks for jumping in today. Thanks, Rob. Guys. Take care. That's Rob Marty, uh, the lead writer for the Associated <laughs> Press for the National Football League, but forever a Philadelphia. Yeah, you can't guy. fight Tom Brady with young daughters. I mean, there's no, there's nothing you can do. That's not, you know, there's yeah. nothing you can do. I guess once you go there, you can't come back down that road. And they did get a good ending to a game for their first ever football game. I eat John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We're your Mac and Mac Bird Street 65 guys. You know it's coming. Time for a bow on the show. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate. Honest. And fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader. And we're lucky to have him. 
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Down the home stretch on a uh, walk through Wednesday edition of Birds 365. We got the Mac and Mac guys. All right. Uh, beginning of the show, I ticked off some Eagle fans by pointing out that the trade that Howie Roseman made in season to get Robert Quinn was A, unnecessary, and B, at this point, an abject failure, which Eagle fans didn't like me saying anything negative about Howie Roseman, or at least those on the stream. Sorry about that. I used that. to say only negative things about Howie Roseman. Who, me? No. He had a lot of Eagles fans. Oh, a You're lot of Eagle fans, angry. yes. Yeah. And no, I, and I... Oh, by the way, the 50 minutes in the middle of the show, we nominated Jalen Hurts for MVP, uh, Nick Sirianni for Coach of the Year, and Howie Roseman for Executive of the Year. So we, we've done enough at lifting the Eagles yeah. up yeah. Now we've gone full circle. I'm going to come back and I'm going to annoy Eagle fans again here. I got concerns for the, this afternoon, John. The Eagles are going to have enough guys on the injury list today listed as rest. Now They're that'll down... be tomorrow. That'll be tomorrow now because it's walkthrough Wednesday. But you're right. It'll just be Thursday. Are, are they? Uh, are those guys who would be, they come out with an injury report even on a walkthrough, don't they? Yeah, it's an estimation. Estimation. But, I'm telling you, the estimation is going to enlist, enlist at least 10 rest guys, is it not? No, that'll be, that's what I'm saying. They've shifted to the actual practice. So that, you see it every week. It just changed. It used to be on Wednesdays, the big injury report with all the rest guys. Now it's on Thursdays because that's the bigger practice of the week now that they've shifted through walkthrough Wednesday. So you're going to see it. It's just going to be on Thursday. It's not going to be today. Are they uh, going to have enough point. guys to walk through today? Between uh, guys yeah. who are Every, resting and uh, everybody now walks three guys through. short on the practice squad. Are you sure they can actually field the squad for a walkthrough? Um, yeah, they're going to be just fine. Uh, I don't know about that. By the Mike. way, Mike Florio, I want to mention – Mike Florio creating issues for me this morning. How's that? Last year, this is what he tweeted an hour ago. Last year, when the OBJ free agency sputtered, we said, watch the Rams 
as this year's OBJ free agency sputters, I'll say this. Watch the Eagles. Come on, my God. Ah. Which, by ah. the way, was, was OBJ released and picked up via free agency or was he traded? Uh, last year? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, that's a good question. I think he was released. He was released. Yeah. I thought um, he was traded. Um, either way, now you mentioned injuries. Uh, there were some injuries in that game. Now, Nick Sirianni, that game last week, I'm looking up OBJ while I talk. How much time we got, Jody? We got um, a minute and change here. Um, it, 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 Quest Watkins was hurt in that game. Now, they said nothing is serious, nothing is expected to be long term. Um, but of course, Watkins is injured more seriously than uh, we know. You know, maybe ring shopping comes into it. Um, oh, so you're not a, you're not one hundred percent dismissing what I am one hundred. Dis- huh? I am one hundred percent dismissing if Quez is healthy. Okay, uh, if he's not healthy, um, may change the dynamic. Okay, yeah. I see where I see where you're going there. One other quickie injury question. Find out today, not, maybe not until tomorrow. Kazir White also injured during the game. That's how Nicobe Dean got in and he stayed in because it was a blowout and he made some plays and actually looked good. Uh, any update on, on Kazir as to whether that was just same a... Thing he said, uh, same thing he said, nothing serious. OBJ uh, was waived November 8th. He was waived, okay. November 11th. But what Mike says, it didn't sputter. It took three days. I mean, it didn't sputter. He took three days last He got waived on November 8th, signed on November 11th. (laughs) But to your point, Kaiser, uh, yeah, same thing. He said, we'll see on Wednesday. They don't give us any injury updates anymore, but they don't see anything as tremendously serious with the injury. So we'll see. Johnny Mack will be down there today, and he'll be here tomorrow reporting on it. You and I get this done again tomorrow, McMullen. You in? Yeah, planning on it. Day to day, but planning on it. The Mack and Mack guys will be back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.